Shalom Racha, this is Chazar Shir number 6, where Besiyat HaDishmai will continue to discuss the halachos that have to do with the water that's being used for Netil HaSetayim, and also the halachos of Chatzitza on the person's hands. So just as a reminder, the Gemara in the Mishnah, in Mesech Yadaim said that there's three things that will passel water that is consolidated in a cup for Netil HaSetayim. Number one is that if it doesn't have the color or the appearance of water, if it doesn't look like water, it's going to be possible for an entil when it's consolidated in a cup. When it's in a mikvah, we said that's going to be okay. Uh, number two, that will possible water um, that's consolidated in a cup is that if an animal will not drink from it, if it's not roi for shtia, even though it looks like water, it's still going to be possible. And then number three is that if melacha, if it was used to perform a melacha, we discussed last week, if it was used to cool water, if it was used to wash your dishes, all those things are going to make it, uh, are going to make it possible. So let's continue with, uh, with uh, this discussion. The Shulchan Aruch and Siv Dalid, he brings the Machlokas whether uh, water that an animal drink from is going to be pasal or not. The Shulchan Aruch that it's not going to be pasal and we don't view that the water that was used to, to drink is considered, you know, uh, water that Malacha was done, uh, that was used for a specific Malacha. The Mishabura there, he though, he adds a, an extra chiddush and he says it depends which animal. If you have a little bird drinking from water, so then you can eat it. Then you can drink the water. He says, but if you have if you have a, a dog, uh, a pig, and the other achronim say uh, a horse or, or a donkey drinking from water, so then the water becomes disgusting. This is a, a new, another level, meaning we had three psulim, this is going to be a, a fourth psul, and that is something that's disgusting, water that's disgusting that you would automatically throw out. Uh, so the Allah is that that cannot be used for an entails of them. So therefore, leftover uh, gross uh, water that a dog drink from is not going to be valid for, uh, for an entails And we said, you know, maybe a practical example of this is if, you know, you know, somehow some, uh, you know, someone has uh, your Negevaser cup is being filled up and then, you know, uh, some pasta falls into the cup and now it's, it's you know, it still has the color of water. A dog would uh, definitely drink from it. I uh, know Malacha was done to it intentionally, so therefore it won't become a uh, pasta. It wasn't used for any specific Malacha, but it's gross. So in such a situation, uh, according to the Mishabura, you would have to pour out the cup and, uh, and refill it. The next thing we discussed is ocean and pool water. What is Allah? Are you allowed to use uh, ocean water for Natila Sadaim, so the Shulchan Aruch Paskins uh, in Seftas, that water that is not drinkable by an animal, and the dog would not drink uh, ocean water because it's too salty. Therefore, if it's consolidated in a cup, it's not going to be a good, uh, a good Natila. So therefore, if you want to dip your hands in the ocean, that you could do. And as a reminder, the Shulchan Aruch Paskin, that in such a situation, you would make a bracha of al Natila Sadaim. And the Mishabura says that the Achronim would say in such a situation, you would make a bracha of al Tvila Sadaim. And the reason why you'd make a bracha of al Tvila Sadaim is because if it's consolidated in a cup, it would be possible. So the only way to do it is through tefillah, and therefore the bracha would be al tefillah sedaim. So when it comes to water in the ocean, if it's consolidated in a cup, it's going to be pasal from netilas yedaim. What about uh, for, for netilas time? What about uh, the situation of a pool? Sometimes there's a blackout, uh, and you only have available pool water, or you're just sitting by the pool, and you want to just take a cup and fill it up and use it as netilas yedaim. Would that be considered a kasher netila or not. So again, you have your cup, you have your Nagavasa cup, you fill up the cup with pool water, and we want to know, is that water in that cup kasher? So let's go step by step. Number one, we have a psul of the water, uh, it needs to appear like water, right? From the Mishnah Yedayim, we had three things that would disqualify a cup from Tilas Yedayim. Number one is clear. The water that's coming, that's in your cup that you filled from the pool is for sure clear. Check, you're good to go. Number two, uh, is it drinkable by an animal? So most pools do not have such a high chlorine level and dogs would drink directly from the pool. And since dogs would drink from the pool, the Allah is that it would be considered a good, uh, it's considered drinkable by a pool and it could be used for, uh, for Tilas Yedayim. The third issue, the third thing that passels, uh water that's consolidated in a cup 
is if melacha, if it was used for a specific melacha, right? If it was used to cool down a drink or whatever, uh, the bottle of wine or used to wash dishes, so then it's going to be uh, pasal. So the question over here, is the pool water used for for uh, for any purpose. So let's try to break this down. If you would use the pool of water to clean yourself, right? So then for sure, it would be considered that the water used uh, was used to, to clean yourself, right? If, you are, if you're filled with, I don't know what, the, something you have, foam all over your body, you have your paint and you're jumping in to, to clear it off. So then the water was used uh, to, to clean yourself off and it would not be allowed to be used for Natil Sedaim if it's consolidated, if it's consolidated uh, in a cup. In most situations, pools are not used to, to, clean, uh, to clean people, right? And on the contrary, especially public uh, pools, like they have in, uh, in Chafetz Chaim, water park, whatever, the halacha is you need a shower. Or not the halacha, the rule is that you should shower before you go into the, into the pool. So since pools are not used to, to clean off, what are they used for? They're used to cool you off, right? Sometimes the hot day, you jump in the pool, so is cooling you off considered enough of a malacha that it would passel the water that's in the pool for an atil sedaim. So the primagadim is misopic. He's uncertain if water that's used to cool you off, to cool the, the human being off, is that considered, uh, is that considered enough of a malacha that would passel the water from, uh, from the til sedaim. So first of all, we have the suffix of the primagadim that he would say could be the water from the pool is passel, could be the water from the pool is not passel. I would venture to say that pool water though is used to also clean yourself. Why? Sometimes you have a little bit of sand stuck in your feet and you'll dip it in the pool to to clean it off or you'll jump in the pool and you'll think oh I'll just jump in the pool and the water will uh, you know will clean the, the sand that's in my feet or pool. a person goes swimming and then there's like some boogers coming out of his nose so you'll take the pool water and he'll wash it off or he'll dink, dunk his head in the water one more time to clean off that, that water uh, and l'chora that water was used to perform malacha. So what might you ask? That was only a small amount, right? And if it's such a small amount, maybe it's battle uh, with the rest of the with the rest of the pool. So Lamaisa, the Shulchan Aracharav, he says that no, we view the whole water as one entity. And since I used it while it was connected to the water. And since I used it while it was connected to the water, the whole thing becomes possible. The Hart Svi argues and says, no, we would only say that that small amount uh, would become, would become possible. So the Maisa, when it comes to consolidating pool water into a cup, there would be two reasons to ask it. Number one is that it was used to cool you off, or according to the Prima Gadim, it's a suffix whether that works or not. And then number two, is that according to Shulchan Aruch Harav, if I used it to clean you know, my face or whatever, even though I used a small amount of the water, the whole, uh, the whole pool is going to be usher because it was used to clean you know, the boogers off of, my, uh, off of my face. So the question that you might ask is that if there's strong reason to believe that, uh, you know, that a pool water would be pasal, Right, so then, how is any mikvah kosher? Right, you go into a mikvah or any ocean. It was used to clean shnat. It was used uh, to cool you off. So shouldn't it be us or not? So the Shulchan Aruch in Sivhei he paskins that only water that's maim shuvim, meaning it was not natural rainwater or not kosher mikvah waters, could become could become possible. Water that is uh, that's that's a natural. Reservoir, water that comes from the ocean, that can't be compassed from a malach. So if you would, let's say, go shower in a pool with, uh, you know, you bring your shampoo and your soap and you, and you in a regular pool, the halacha is that that water was now used to, to wash yourself and the water would become pasal. But with regards to mikvah, if you do that in a mikvah, if you bring shampoo into a mikvah and you shave your, and you uh, shampoo your hair and clean it all off, the halacha is that it's still, uh, that those waters in the mikvah are still going to be kosher. And since the waters in the mikvah, are, and, and, and uh, why? Because it's a, it's a kosher mikvah that's connected uh, to the ground. Um, so that's why it seems that lechora, by using consolidated water in a cup, uh, is going to be problematic. What about dipping your hands into the pool? Would that be okay? So besides the psulim that we have 
here, right, which is that the water might have been used for malacha, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch in Simin Kufnun Tesef Design, he quotes the Rambam, who says that Maim Shuvim, even if it's 40 sa, is going to be pasal. So a pool is filled up, it's Maim Shuvim. So the Chorah, that's going to pasal it for. Uh, it's going to pass the four for Natila Sidaim. And the Ravid, uh, the Ravid there argues, he says that you could use 40 sa of Maim Shuvim, but Lechora, if it's Zochalim, if, it's, uh, if, if the water is moving, so then it won't be able to be used even to, to dip in. And usually filters in the pool have, uh, have uh, are, according to some postgame, it would be considered uh, Zochalim. So let's summarize. When it comes to filling up a cup of water from the pool, so you have two problems. Number one is that the pool water was used to cool you off, which is a suffix, whether that would make it puzzle or not. Uh, and number two is that it was used to clean off, you know, your schnat and your boogers. And there's a shayla if uh, the whole water uh, is connected and therefore it would become puzzle. And therefore, ideally, the post can say that it's best not to use pool, pool water for Natila Sidaim, though, Bishasat Chak, they would be mekel. And on top of that, and we'll put this in parentheses, the, there's, there's a whole sugya of what's called Hamshacha, uh, which means if you have Mayim. If you have water that was collected in a cup and I want to make it into mikvah water. So the way to do that is if I pour it and I let it, you know, run for three tfachim on the ground, it becomes, it re-gets its stature back of megashamim. It goes back to the state of kasher, of, uh, of kasher uh, mikvah water. There are ma paskins that it needs to be done on earth. Uh, but the shulchan paskins that you can even do amshacha on, on pipes. Um, so some people wanted to say that when it comes to your pool, since the water is filled up, even though it's filled up with tap, right, which is, you know, regular uh, water, that's Maim Shuvim. But since it's going through the pipes, so there's some shach on the pipes, so therefore the water inside is considered, uh, is considered mikvah water, and it, would be, uh, and it would be okay in such a situation. Though some wanted to say that maybe if the filter's on, it's still considered Zochlin, which would be problematic. And that's why the post Lamaisa say that that it's, it's best to avoid using pool water. But there might be room to, uh, to be mekel, to use it consolidated into, into a cup. The next thing we discuss, if there's a way to fix the non-kosher water. So again, we saw that there's three different psulim. If the water is not clear, if the water um, was, was used for, for a malacha, or Three, if it wasn't, uh, if an animal can't uh, can't drink from it. So we saw in the Achron, in the, in the Shari Tshuva, in the Mishnah Bura, they all say that it's possible to fix it, and each one based on its psul, meaning water that doesn't, that's not clear, it doesn't look like water, it's only going to become kosher if you add enough water that it looks kosher. Water that is not suitable for a dog to drink, that's going to become kosher if you add enough water that it will become suitable for a dog to drink. And water that was used for a specific melacha, it was used for a certain purpose, it will become kosher again if you have uh, a majority of kosher water. Meaning if you have 51% of kosher water, that's going to be a good, uh, uh, that's going to be a way to kosher the water. The next thing we discussed is snow. Are you allowed to use snow? So if the snow melts and it's in a cup, for sure you're allowed to use it. And the Mishabrua was mechadesh, she says that if you're in a situation where there is no water, you can even put your hands into the, into the snow as long as you have 40 saw of snow even if it's spread out, you know, across of a long area, uh, of course, a, a big area, but if you're able to completely submerge your hand in the snow and there's no other water, you would be allowed to recite, uh, you would be allowed to, to use that for, for tevilas. You would be allowed to use that for netilas sedaim. Again, according to the Shulchan Aruch, you would make a bracha of al netilas sedaim. And according to the Shulchan Aruch, according to the Ramah, you would make a bracha of, of al tevilas sedaim. And the reason why you make that bracha is because snow in a cup is not... Kasher for Natil Sadaim. If, if the snow is still frozen, it won't be it won't be good. The next thing we discussed is the sugya of of uh, chatzitza. So we saw meaning your hands. If there's chatzitza on your hands while you're washing for Natil Sadaim, so 
the halacha uh, is as follows. When it comes to going into the mikvah, midor raisa, if there's a chatzitza, which is a separation, on most of your body, and you care about it, that's a chatzitza midor raisa. But midor abanan, if you have either one, it's still going to be considered a chatzitza. So therefore, if you have a chatzitza on 51% of your body, and it doesn't bother you, it's still a chatzitza. Or, if you have a chatzitza on 0.01% of your body, uh, but that bothers you, the halacha is, it's considered chatzitza uh, as well. The Gemara in Chulun says that with regards to netilas tidaim, the halach is the same. We view the hands as the body. And therefore, if you have either rove of your one hand that's covered, that's going to be a chatzitza. Or even if you have one small, you know, you know, chatzitza on your hand that bothers you, that's going to be considered uh, a chatzitza. What's considered makbid? What's considered that, that it bothers you? So the Mishabura describes that, uh, that makbid means something that you eventually want to take off, even though you're happy that it's on you right now, that's considered uh, that's considered chatzitza. Uh, uh, Mishabru also adds, he says that since over here, it's, uh, since over here we, we, we hold, um, since over here we're talking about Nitil Zedayim, which is a Dinder Abana as opposed to Mikvaos, so there are going to be more kulas, more leniencies than we have, you know, regularly when it comes to Tvila of a, of a woman, let's say, for, uh, for, for a mikvah. So for example, a person has a suffix, he washed his hands and he has a suffix, whether the chatzitza was there or not. So that's going to be, uh, there we're going to say, uh, we're going to go lakula and we're going to assume that it wasn't there uh, before. And the Mishabruah, or, or the, really the Shahar Tzion says, he says, when we said that you need to have a majority of your hands, 50%, of, 51% of your hand covered in order for it to be considered a chatzitza. So in the Shahar Tzion, he says that according to the Rishonim, who hold that, the proper natila is just your fingers, meaning not the entire palm. So then it will be considered 51% of the fingers. The other introduction that we gave, we said that it needs to be considered, we said that what's considered makbid, right? So we describe makbid as something you eventually want to, to remove. And the Shulchan Arach in, in Simen Kov Tzadik Ches in Yerodeh by Hilchos uh, Tevila for a woman, he says that if the majority of the world views it as a chatzitza, even if this woman, it doesn't bother her, it's still considered a chatzitza. And also vice versa. If for the majority of the world, it doesn't, it's not considered a chatzitza, meaning it doesn't bother them, but for this person, it does bother them, it's also going to be considered, uh, it's also going to be considered a, a, a chatzitza. And Lemaisa, we explain that it doesn't mean the world. We don't poll the entire world. We don't poll the billion people that are living in China. Rather, it's the people in that class, in that category. And therefore, we said that uh, if you have a painter, right, who has paint on his hand, and then, you know, for painters, they don't, it doesn't bother them. So therefore, the halacha is that if it's not covering 51% of the body, of the hands, excuse me, uh, if it's just a little bit of paint, since he's not makbit, it's not going to be considered uh, a chatzitz. So let's just summarize the klalim over here, and then we'll get into the practical cases. So summarize the klalim, midoraisa, if you have a chatzitza on rove of your body, and you care about it, it's a chatzitza. If it's either rove or, or your makbit, that's also going to be considered a chatzitza. The same halacha that applies to tevila for the body applies to the hands. And we view the hands as uh, either from the fingers or the entire palm with regards to 50 or 51%. The halacha is that makbid means something that you eventually want to remove, even though right now you're happy for it, uh, for it to be uh, on you. And when we discuss, you know, makbid, if the woman herself is makbid, even if the, or the, if you, the man, are makbid of having a little bit of a chatzitza on your hand, uh, even if the rest of the world is not makbid, that's not going to be considered, uh, that is going to be considered a chatzitza. And vice versa also, if the rest of the world is makbid and you're not makbid, it's still going to be considered uh, a chatzitza uh, because we say in that situation, but it goes after, uh, and when we do go after the, the majority of the world, it means the majority of people in that class, in that, in that group. So now let's talk about a few practical, uh, a few practical cases. So Lemaisa, 
it comes out the the all the coolers that we have today really all emanate from the Rashba. Someone asked the Rashba, it was a woman, uh, she dyed her hair and she wanted to know, could I go to the mikvah with my dyed hair? So the Rashba said, Absolutely you could for two reasons. He says, reason number one is that since you want the dye to be there, so we don't view it as a separation. We view it as it's part of her hair. Right? It's actually part of her hair that is uh that's just like if you have a sweater that's painted red, right? We don't say you know, if you want to put it in the mikvah, we don't say you have to remove the dye because it's part of the sweater. So to over here, the dye becomes part of the woman's hair and therefore uh, she can go into the, into the mikvah. Number two is that it has no volume. Meaning if you would feel her hair, you can't tell that there's something actually there. Right? It's, it's dye that goes, uh, that goes in. So Lemaisa, there are two reasons over here why dyed hair would not be a chatzitza. Number one, she wants it to be there. And number two is that it's not palpable. And the achronim already say, the, the, it seems from the shach, the taz, and the shulchan arach, that as long as you have one of them, it's going to be enough. Meaning, if it's palpable, but she wants it to be there, for example, nail polish, that's not going to be considered a chatzitza. Or if she doesn't want it to be there, but it's not palpable, for example, an ink blows up on her hand, so then that's not going to be, also, that's not going to be considered uh, a chatzitza. And that's the maisa, how, how uh, we passed in Allah Lamaisa that we saw in, in the Shulchan Aruch and Sivbeis, you have a painter that has paint on his hand, even though it's palpable, since he doesn't care that it's there, uh, so that's not going to be considered a chatzita. Or similarly, like we said, uh, the early Tzion Paskins, that if a woman has nail polish, so the nail polish, uh, even though it has volume, since she wants it to be there, it's not going to be considered uh, a chatzitza. Um, with, uh, however, says the Lutzian, if it starts to crack, so then you would have a problem of, uh, then you would have a problem of it, of it being a, a chatzitza. Um, but, I asked Rav Amar, and Rav Amar seemed to say that even, that it depends how, how bad it is. If it's something that she, you know, would right away take off, so then that would be considered a chatzitza. But if it's something that she doesn't mind walking around with, so then, uh, so then that lechora wouldn't be considered a chatzitza. With regard to ink, we said, that's not going to be considered uh, chatzitza. What about a band-aid? So we saw the Shulchan Aruch Paskins that in one location, we saw a steer in the Shulchan Aruch. In one location, the Shulchan Aruch Paskins, that a bandage is a chatzitza. And therefore, you have to remove it. And in another place, he paskins, that a bandage, um, what you should do is just wash the area that's not under the bandage. So which one is it? Are you obligated? Is it a chatzitza or is it not a chatzitza? So the Mishabura answers that it depends. If you have a bandage that's on like a, a cot or something minor, and then you have to remove it before you wash. Why? Because we're worried that you'll take it off before the meal. And if you take it off or, or during the meal, you're worried that you'll take it off during the meal and you'll touch the bread. And that's problematic. But if you have someone, Chaz Vasham, has like a severe uh, bruise, or let's say he broke his pinky and he tied, you know, the ring finger to the pinky, and therefore that's not coming off during the meal. So then you should, uh, then you should um, wash your, then you should wash your hands, not on the area that's under the that's under the bandage. So therefore, that's going to be very practical for us. If a person has, you know, a small uh, paper cut and he put a bandaid on the top of his finger, and it's like, you know, very flimsy, the 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 bandaid. The luck is you should remove it. But if Chas a person Taka has a, a a serious bruise where he's not going to remove the 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 bandaging, or he has a cast, so the luck would be that he should wash his hands on, uh, on the areas that are, that are exposed. The Piskei adds like a middle ground. He says, if you have a band-aid that's like on well, let's say like in the middle of your finger, and it's tight, and there's no loose ends, and, it's, and you, you don't care about it, and you'll bring it, you'll wear it at chasanas and weddings and bar mitzvahs, and, and it's like out of mind and out of sight. So he says, that's already going to be considered me at the makbit. And in such a situation, you're allowed to leave it on, but wash the entire hand. When you wash the entire hand, then it's going to, then it's going to, then it's going to be, then, then it's going to be, covering the whole hand is going to be okay. Uh, the Mishabura says that if the bandage, if you are, if you had a bandage that you left it on and it fell off in the middle of the meal, right, when you were allowed to leave it on and it fell off during the meal, so then the halacha is 
that uh, let's say you have a person broke his hand, right, or uh, whatever. He had uh, his pinky, broke his pinky, and it, was, and it was tied to the ring finger, and for some reason, middle of the meal, you took it off. So it says the Mishabur that you would have to go wash. You have to go wash to, to finish the, the rest of the meal, or put the bandage back on uh, quickly. The next thing we discussed was the, the sugya of rings. So we saw the Beis Yosef, who quotes that goes to Shir, who says that a ring is considered a chatzitza. And he asked, why is it considered a chatzitza? It's a mir chena makbid. You don't mind, right? You leave it there. Who cares? And mir chena makbid is not considered a chatzitza. So the Rosh answered that the reason why it's considered a mir chena makbid is because a woman will eventually take it off. When will she eventually take it off? When she's kneading uh, bread. Uh, so then she's going to eventually take it off, and therefore it's going to be considered a chatzitza. And that's how the Shulchan Aruch and Siv Gimel Paskins, that rings need to be removed. Because a woman will take it off when she eventually, uh, when, when she goes to, to knead the bread and comes the, the Mishabruah. And he says, that's only for women. Women who are commonly need, they would have to take the ring off. But a man who doesn't need, and therefore he won't, uh, he won't take the, the ring off. It's not a chatzitza and he's allowed to, uh, he's allowed to leave it on. And Ramesh, by the way, he says, since men leave the ring on, they're allowed to leave it on when they put it on their tefillin. And they're allowed to leave it on when they're shaking dal and minim. It's not a chatzitza, right? Your hands need to hold the whole mitzvah. Uh, so that's not going to be considered. Uh, that won't be considered a chatzitza because they never take it off. It's a miyacheino makbid. Uh, and the Orlitzion, he goes one step further and he says, women today who don't need, right? They, 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 and they won't take it off for some sort of, uh, you know, for an exercise, for whatever it is. They're not taking it off, you know, for, for whenever they're using, it's on their hands. So therefore, it's not going to be considered, uh, it's not going to be considered a, a chatzitza and it's really a miyacheino makbid. And even women are allowed to, uh, are allowed to leave on their, are allowed to leave on the rings. They're allowed to leave on the rings according to the Lord's name. But the Lord's name says, if you do have a woman that Taka does take it off when she needs, or if you're the type of person who would take it off when you're doing some sort of malacha, so then for you it's also a chatzitza. And when you go to wash your hands, you should really uh, take it off. So in those situations where you actually need to take it off, so let's say you're scared about uh, losing it. So what should you do? So the Kapachim says that you should pour a revias on your hand, then take a cloth, move the ring a little bit. And the reason why you should take a cloth uh, so like that, your non-tame hand, your tummy hand doesn't touch the hand that was just washed. And then you wash another time and it covers all that, um, all that area. So that was sheer number six, the Chazara. Kol tov